on this week's Superhero Show Show. We'll find out if the final season premiere of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. does 1930s Terminator justice, what we are most excited to watch on HBO Max, and if Legends will elevate even the shows it parodies. All of that and more on the Superhero Show Show. What's up, nerds? Welcome to the Superhero Show Show, the only show on the internet where we review every live-action television show based on a comic book or a comic book property. My name is Cassie, and I will be the host of today's episode. I'm joined, as always, by my very good friends. Uh, first, I have Mike. How's it going? It's going great. I'm pumped. What a great week for television and literally nothing else in the world. I, yeah, I'm, so, I'm, I'm so sorry. Mike, typically, I'm first, so... I, know. I, I think it's weird that you're first. Maybe you want to take another shot at that. Maybe, so maybe you can get a chance to be first again. Go ahead. I, I'll, I'll be quiet over here. I'm, I'm going confused, Cassie. I can't <laughs> tell if that was note was for you or I. So I don't know. But I did want to give Mike. The, I like. I decided to give Mike this chance, and I thought Ryan could be the big man and let you just talk. But I oh, forgot. No. I, I I, forgot oh, big man have, coming in. Big we, man. <laughs> we got big boy over here. Big I boy. gave him a solid forty-five seconds to do his little thing. I would say it was a fucking abject failure, and. Mm-hmm. I'm being the bigger man and saying if you want another shot at that, so maybe you get another turn again going first, you can have it. Oh, these, when, are, these are notes live on air for you. When you eat three bowls of KFC chicken a day, uh, it's hard not to be the bigger man. Oh, this is a fat joke. No. What <laughs> no, was it then? That's up for interpretation, however you see fit. Yeah, I don't, I, the artist doesn't need to define the art. Mm-hmm. Appar- apparently, I don't see fit. I guess fit is just not going to be in anything I see. Um, I'm sorry that I work on our future sponsors and getting them, and I think that they'll be very impressed that I can do a podcast after eating three bowls of generic KFC food <laughs> brand food. Do you, but do you need like a year of taste testing? Should you talk about them at some point on air? Oh, I thought we were doing that. I don't know if it's enough for them. Like you've been doing this for multiple years, and like I know that you do this before every recording, but I don't know if KFC has been knowing that. I feel like you've been doing years of torture for nothing. Do you guys remember when it was like in the news that KFC no longer stood for Kentucky Fried Chicken? It was just now KFC. That was that was the entire it's thing. Scary. That definitely means KFC is soiling green as people, right? <laughs> <laughs> or like they can no longer have Kentucky in their name. It's like you know what? Fuck that state. I don't. <laughs> I don't want people to start you know banning us because of Kentucky. Then it should just be like Kevin's Fried Chicken and. If Colonel Sanders' name Kevin. is Kevin Sanders. Oh my god, I would be so on board for this. And it's they've... just like a millennial with a backwards hat and a skateboard. <laughs> just like, eat my fried chicken. <laughs> that would be so sick. You know what? We're just going to rebrand all these people. We're going to help them. Do you guys think that's how KFC has the smoothest corn? Millennials? Or of all, what? All of their Colonel Sanders. Like they get it really down and smooth. That's how they named that character. I mean, you got to find some way to name some characters. So it's he's either named that way, or he definitely has some like disturbing Civil War ties we don't want to look into too deeply. Oh, you think he might, Mike? <laughs> Have you seen how he dresses and talks? You think that he mustache? might? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he might be on the wrong side of history. I'm not sure yet. They tried to rebrand him into like a hot dad. There's a whole dating simulator and everything. Like they tried a lot, but we all know his past. You can't go from that past. 
Yeah, they cast him as like different comedians every year. Mm-hmm. Um, but no, that motherfucker owned Slave and then like sort of half-ass hip-hop dances about it. It's, it's fucked he up. He does like the Six Flag Old Man dance, exactly, but it's even, yeah. like sadder because he can't. He doesn't have the moves. Where's that our old guy had moves? Where's our boy band featuring both the Magic Mountain guy and Colonel Sanders dancing up a storm? <laughs> Who else is in that band? What other great old guys? Everyone from the 85 hit Cocoon. Oh, sure. Mr. Belvedere. Mr. Belvedere. He has one move. <laughs> I think not any more grandpas, but I immediately went to the animatronic Chuck E. Cheese guy. Just for, just to, like a background dancer. I would like, I got to throw that Mickey Mouse, or not Mickey Mouse, Charles E. Cheese. Sorry. Charles, yeah. Charles Entertainment Cheese. Yeah. His, his middle initial is E for entertainment. Big E. Um, speaking of that, uh, Abraham Lincoln at Disneyland, mm-hmm. you just have him do the robot. True, true. Like, well, anything he does is inherently doing the robot. <laughs> does he, I've never seen the show, Does how much does he move? Is he very, like, could you put a dance together with it, or is it very much just kind of like arm, like, pointing? I, I'd say he does a very slow pop and lock. Okay, <laughs> yeah, that's even better. I want a slow motion pop and lock while we got two old dudes trying to do the running man in front of him. His mouth, his face, basically his upper torso doesn't move at all, but the bottom torso is just doing river dance the entire time. Yeah. Yeah. I think it would be a big hit in the 1930s. And speaking of the 1930s, you guys, uh, <laughs> our main show of the event is going to go into the 1930s. We're talking about the season premiere of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., but before that, a quick stop at the bullpen. <laughs> Welcome, my friends. We are here at the bullpen. Ryan, you yelled at us. You wanted us to gather in this bullpen. You were very adamant that everyone needed to meet right here. What are we doing here? Guys, HBO Max came out. We are still doing that like late 90s, early 2000s thing of saying, hey, this better be cool. Let's take it to the max. And then putting max. It's, it's not a uh, capital X for mm. extreme, like I typically like when you name something. Uh, there's no 3,000 at the end of it. HBO Max 3,000 would have gotten me really pumped up. Oh, that would have been, been very good. But I think no that... HBO MA triple X. Oh, man. <laughs> That's 90s as fuck. And then HBO MA XXX for your late night viewers. Um, but I, I think that since Disney Plus came out, we saw the release of a couple of things that bombed. Uh, most of all, Quibi. Guys, have you have you ever watched a Quibi? I intend to some point watch the Reno nine one one. Yeah, I think everybody is like that. I so far it's worse than CISO as far as like oh, oh, I watched Flat several series on CISO. <laughs> I watched a couple, and that is some harsh words right now. We still have the Peacock um, of like the majors to go, but mm-hmm. I think HBO Max is definitely the biggest since Disney Plus, and uh, instantly one of the the biggies, right? One of the majors shot past CISO and. Quibi almost immediately. And I am pumped. I'm pumped that like I think so much so many more people are going to get HBO shows now. I think that I mm. uh, having seen The Wire was sort of like only for or The Sopranos was like for elite HBO viewing people. Yeah. Um but if it if it's now just on a common streaming thing, I think a lot of people are going to watch it. And it's going to be so easy and people are going to be like I know, there's so much pressure to watch The Wire. There's so much pressure to watch the uh uh the Sopranos. I, I don't know if I'm ready for that. I've never heard of this show, and it has two dollar signs in the name. I guess I'll check out Arliss, and then baby Arliss reboot coming back because everybody loves Arliss. Okay. See, this is why I don't put when we do a countdown. We're about to do a countdown, and that's why I don't for my number one use it as like for a joke 
because now I have to cross off what my number one is because Mike <laughs> yeah. screamed Arliss fucking no. 80 seconds into the segment. You can talk about John from Cincinnati. <laughs> I've seen one or two of those. Um, but also, it's all of Warner Brothers. And Warner Brothers is a you know storied studio with that owns a lot of shit. And so a lot of stuff that we weren't able to have anymore, either because it was never available or because Warner Brothers has spent the last year pulling everything it can from Netflix because everyone hates Netflix. We have it all in one spot. And so, yeah, Cassie, I just want to I wanted you to go around and like we'll do a countdown. Our top four things like just what are the four reasons we're most excited that HBO Max is here? Top four reasons are the top four shows that are bringing us in because I want to know I want to know these shows. So we're going to start. Build the suspense. We're going to start with our number fours. So, Mike, what is your number four top show that you're most excited for? My number four top show that I'm most excited for, Cassie, thank you for the question, um, is it's there's so little is known about it, but it's so up my alley. Uh, it's produced by Elizabeth Banks. Uh, for whatever reason, I am just a fan of her. And uh, it's called DC Superhero High. And very little has been told about it, but it's going to be a live-action 30-minute comedy about DC superheroes all in high school together. What? And goddamn, if that's not two things I love. I had no idea about this, and I am incredibly excited about this. It's a comedy and set in high school. I learned about it today. I'm kind of pissed. <laughs> I feel like I should have known about it earlier. Honestly. I feel like I should have been brought in. I'm pissed for a lot of reasons, Mike. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, yeah, baby. <laughs> I get it. Is it going to have so all DC characters are like in this high school? Do you know like which all characters we'll see? No, th- th- there's very little info given out mm, except the, the, that information. Yeah, very yeah. Smart. It's there is a comic book that it's based on, and okay. I've I've only seen the cover. Which, let's be honest, if you saw a news article, all you would do is read the headline. So there's no reason to give me shit right now for not reading this book that I barely saw the cover of. But it looks like there there's no superpowers. Like Killer Croc is not there's not like some lizard going to school. What? It's just there's a beefy guy who's based on Killer Croc. You know, there's oh, like I wanted the, a lizard. <laughs> the the sleazy kid you know from 80s movies who wears like the suit to sc- or like the suit with no tie to school mm-hmm. um and is just an asshole to everyone that's the joker so mm. it's like it's it's really hitting on the high school tropes uh even more than it does like the the dc tropes if it's based oh, it's just, on this comic book yeah. but this this one was gotham mike are you saying that this is all of dc yeah, this is called DC Superhero High. Not an inventive name. No, that's a shitty name. <laughs> but it lets you exactly know what's happening, and you got to respect that. Do they have... Who is going to be the drama kid, do you think? Because they got to have a drama kid, and I'm proposing the Riddler. Oh, for sure. No, he's the AV Club kid. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm incredibly excited for this one. That is a solid number four. Uh, Ryan, what is your number four? Um, two things that have really been available to me forever. But, um, you know, when you get a new streaming system and you, all, you, like, you disregard the other seven you're already paying for and you get excited to watch stuff, um, two things that have been on my list for a long time and I just haven't made the leap because they don't feel like me, even though everyone I know says that they are, are Adventure Time and Avatar. Mm-hmm. And it's not an animation thing. Like, I watch so much animation. I'm not sure what it is. Maybe it's that I go to animation for comedy. And these are like long, drawn-out soap operas in, uh, in a way. Uh, but I think that it is time to, I don't know, sit down and really take in exactly what everyone is talking about when they talk about Adventure Time and uh, Last Airbender. Yeah, I think nice. you will, will be into those. The Last Airbender, super excited for because that one was real good. And I just got to like hop around on that one. So I'm excited to just do a long binge of that one. Incredibly excited for that. 
Do you guys remember when TV was just like, oh, I'll tune in once in a while when I'm available yeah. and mm-hmm. I'm flipping through the channels? As opposed to, now you sit down and you watch 100 hours in a row. <laughs> and now it's my whole weekend and I'm not moving from that couch. Miss those days. Uh, my number four is actually a cartoon that is coming out. It was on Cartoon Network and now they're putting it on this streaming service. So again, I could put it It's all in one spot for me to just go through. And that is, it's called Infinity Train. And it's about, it's a really cool cartoon. It's based off the guy who created the regular show. And um, it's about this, like, 13-year-old girl who wants to be a video game programmer. And her town is, like, kind of like sci-fi space. And she gets uh, stuck in this train that's just... Each car train is, like, a different universe. And she has to work her way through each this whole train. And it Sounds a little familiar to a the little show familiar, that we're watching. But it's super cool because they have, like, just the um, the the lead... Um, lead girl is like super cool like they made her like super smart where she's like a natural programmer but that's not like everything about her she's still just like an asshole 13 year old and then she makes she makes friends with this little like sarcastic robot and that is all i need for a tv show a robot and a punk ass kid yeah it looks like a cooler version of uh shit what was that netflix show from the guys who did the simpsons oh the the fantasy one yeah instead of the fantasy one it's like more of a sci-fi one yeah, it looks. It's very sci-fi. Disenchanted, disenchant, uh, disenchant. Yeah, but like punk ass girl with two tiny sidekicks. Yeah, punk ass girl with two tiny sidekicks. Going through uh, genre fair. By the way, guys, I watched a movie the other day called Beastie Boys Story, a documentary about the Beastie Boys. And like when you watch something that takes place in like Long Island or in Russia, now I have this accent where everything I say, I say like this. And <laughs> if that happens throughout the show, I, I do apologize. I love that. Wait, if, we, is that j- if we can replace that instead of the puns, I love that so much. <laughs> Combine them, I say. Is that just how they talk? And they're like, I, people said we were rapping, so I guess we had to be. Yeah, they host the show, and that is how they talk the entire time. <laughs> when we met, we were young. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta have that full scream in there. Mike, what is your number three show you're most excited for? Uh, number three show I'm most excited for is, uh, so I loved this comic when it came out, and then never, did not finish it, and then can't go back because the original creator is a fucking dirtbag, uh, uh, and so don't read anything by Brian Wood, but Ava DuVernay is controlling it, so I feel totally fine watching the adaptation of the show, DMZ, uh, that's about, America has a second civil war, so it's super fantastical, something that could never happen. Mm-hmm. Never ever. And, uh, and then Manhattan becomes the demilitarized zone where nobody is supposed to live, and it's just about all the people who like carve out their life there. That sounds uh, cool. And the talent behind it is awesome. It's a little Walking Dead without that that need to like have two obligatory zombie scenes in every episode, right? Or in every issue with the comic. And hopefully, not as many spinoffs as the Walking Dead. Ryan, oh God, please, please no, <laughs> we simply cannot. Ryan, what about your number three show? Um. Mike, you and I recorded uh, a podcast that's about to be released. Uh, we did it a couple weeks ago. It'll be released in a couple weeks. Um, or no, wait, it has been released, where we got to talk about one of our favorite actors of all time. Um, and in the meantime, I need a new show to fall asleep to. And it's been so long since I have seen The Fresh Prince of Bel-Air that, nice. guys, I'm super jazzed. Mm-hmm. So uh, jazzed that uh-huh. you could throw me out the door, throw me out of your mansion, uh, to go through this again. I'm a little bit nervous about if it holds up or not, yeah. but I'm kind of stoked. I was going to ask if you're nervous about your, you're in the middle of falling asleep and then Will starts screaming at Uncle Phil about why his dad don't want him, man, and then you can't fall asleep because you're just crying all night now. <laughs> you're just wrecked as a person <laughs> and changed. 
every every show that you fall asleep to, I assume that you guys all have one, and everybody in America has one at any given time. Um, you're always going to run into those episodes where you're just like, well, I'm up for the next 22 minutes <laughs> at least, at the bare minimum for sure. The uh, one thing I hope for is that they that the I know a lot of people shit on this because it like ruins the credits and it ruins the music, but. I just hope there's a skip intro button because mm-hmm. if you're binging a show, especially when you're sleeping, man, and you're, <laughs> the theme song of your show is loud <laughs> and it's urban. Yeah, I can't do that. And I can't have a, urban dreams all night. It's an absolute banger. So you're going to have to get out, out of bed like the Six Flags old man and dance every time that's on. Like you're not, the, you're not falling asleep. The, the shittiest thing is that when the theme song first starts, I'm laying in bed and I look straight up to my ceiling and the bed starts completely <laughs> switch turning upside down as I'm watching. That's a sick ass bed you have. Uh, for my number three show, you guys, I found my home in the family section of HBO Max because it was just a whole bunch of lit stuff in that one section. I didn't, even, I barely moved on from there. But uh, I'm very excited to watch Lego Batman just because I don't own this, but this is one that I can watch at any time whenever it's a good laugh and just. Honestly, love this movie. It's like my go-to happy movie. When Lego Batman came out, I lo- the comment, like the hashtag, the common critique of the movie was too many jokes. That's the thing that everybody agreed on. I was just sorry. There's just like there's just too many jokes in the movie. Did they expect like a hard-hitting Batman noir story from Lego Batman? And <laughs> Chris, Miller like, how is too many Lord, jokes like- ever? How's that a critique? Unless it's like an Auschwitz story. Like, what's your fucking point here? It's Lego Batman, and it was exactly the right amount of jokes, and I love to watch that. All right, so now we, number two, favorite one you're most excited for, Mike. I'm, I'm, I'm pumped. We loved the first season of it, and it's coming back, uh, and I'm very excited. Doom Patrol. This is my number two. Yeah, of course it is. Guys. It's the perfect number two slot. It's hard to be, you don't want number one to be a thing you've seen before. Uh, yeah, it's just, it, it might be the best show we've ever done on our podcast. Uh, yeah, I think it's in the top five for sure. But the thing about the other shows in the top four is that somebody watched them, you know, like somebody watched Legion, like it was at least available Mm -hmm. and people were talking about it. Doom Patrol is this like seemingly very high budget, seemingly very high quality show that like no one had access to. Except, yeah. for, except for me and Mike's shared DCU account. And I'm not going to tell the government which one of us paid for it. <laughs> but And then just let the other person steal from it. But yeah, this if it's on HBO Max, and I hope the first season as well, people are going to watch this show. And yeah. guys, they're going to go back to our old episodes about it and be like, these people knew about it the entire time. They're we, so cool and charming. We had Doom Patrol on vinyl, motherfuckers. <laughs> it just sounded better that way. Yeah, it was more pure, for sure, that way. Brendan Fraser really came across the screen better in vinyl form. That was yeah, his peak. the crackles and pops in his voice. Like, you can hear it. You can hear the breathe. And the imperfections are actually what makes it more human. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And de- for sure. I'm surprised. I'm surprised I'm not sharing my number two pick with all of you guys. Because my number two is The Art of Racing in the Rain. A movie <sighs> nobody would go see what? with me. It's a movie about an indie driver and his dog who wants to be reincarnated as a driver himself. So he takes his dog out on races with him, just out around the town what? and everything. It's everything for me. Nobody would let me go with me to see it. I didn't go watch it by myself, and now is my chance. Go Does watch it by talk? yourself. The dog? Yes, the do- yes. It's Kevin Costner. <laughs> Well, okay, no, wait, hold on. There's something very special about this era of movies, and when film history in 50 years looks back at this time, it's going to be the era of every two months there's just a talking dog movie. Mm-hmm. But it's not like 
it's not like uh, it speaks to the humans. It's just we the dog narrates the entire story. So it's not in the '90s. It's not like part of the Air Butterverse. No, but I, like I literally think it's the same verse as a dog's life, a dog's purpose. Mm-hmm. Like it's all by the same author, and it's in the same universe. And Netflix is going to do shows, and uh, you know we're gonna have a big Avengers where all the dogs come together like, and narrate the shit out of each other. <laughs> oh man, I can't wait till the spin around <laughs> circle and it's just a bunch of dogs barking at each other. You guys have just created my dream show. Thank you for that. Uh, Cassie, can I give you some advice? Yeah, go for Um, it. This is going to happen to you more and more as you get older, Mm -hmm. where you just like bullshit and no one else does. You have to learn to go to the movies by yourself. Yeah, it's the best. It's fucking awesome, and you don't have to deal with anybody's shit. And the other thing, too, is that if you drag someone to that movie, you feel the pressure the entire time of like, oh, "Oh, man, they're going to hate it, and therefore they're going to hate me. Go by yourself to like a Wednesday afternoon matinee, get all the snacks. You, You can have like... The entire row to yourself. You got to. You got to start doing this. Yeah, th- that was my chance. I, f- I for sure. I'm gonna start doing this. Uh, I'm very excited about that. But Mike, what is your top pick? What you are most excited for? My top pick. Is, it's also the only one I've seen them start doing commercials for everywhere. And by everywhere, I mean on Hulu, 18 times a episode. Uh, but Legendary looks fucking great. And it's if you liked Pose. And just want more ballroom competition. And I've gotten heavily, I think because the world is on fire and I need just some light, amazing fun. Uh, and it, it's just a ballroom competition show. And I've gotten heavily into reality competition shows. And everything we do, it's the costumes, it's the dancing. Every I'm stoked. It looks delightful. Yes. That was my initial number one. I'm going to change it now just so we can keep this drama building. <laughs> and I have a backup one. But that is, I'm incredibly excited for that one. It looks so fun. I mean, Pose had all that stupid like dialogue and character development yeah. right don't want don't it. Need it don't need it just give me the ballroom oh ryan what about you what's your number one um i i could not believe and i hope this is not a passing fad for hbo max because it was a passing fad for really all of streaming started by netflix but i cannot believe the movie selection on this fucking app um it's all under tcm turner classic movies banner because you know HBO Max sort of breaks it up into like seven worlds you can go to, almost like an amusement park. You know, you can go to the Cartoon Network Ooh. world or the, the Turner Classic Movie world. And just flipping through real quick, uh, Armor Core, The Battle of Algiers, Cleo, Cleo from 5 to 7, Cries and Whispers, The Eeries of Madame Day, Faces, Germany Year Zero, The Hidden Fortress, Akiru, Late Autumn, Late Spring, and Late Samurai. Are, there's movies right there that have been on my list for decades, and now I can watch them whenever I want. Your number one is 13 movies? <laughs> he really worked the system on that one. He's like, all it's right, just, I got just one top one. It's just movies in general. Movies, period. And then also, I mean, like, 2001 is the first thing that you see when you hit the movie button. And that's just not available to watch, you know? All mm. of these other movies, um, there's th- like there's all these movies that you can now re-recommend that you couldn't recommend for a long time because people would have to pay nine ninety nine or go to their fucking library <laughs> and... Like, movie recommendation is back, guys. We're going to be able to say to each other, you should watch this movie, and it doesn't have to be like a Hallmark Channel Christmas movie, which was basically the only thing that was available on streaming up until this point. Yeah, I'm very I'm very excited. I'm glad you get this, Ryan. That was a bullshit move, but I'm happy for your joy that you get. <laughs> um, I can't believe you out-bullshitted a move than me, because my number one pick is Detective Pikachu. They brought it over, you guys. And I can recommend <laughs> it to everybody. It I can recommend that to everyone to watch. You're right. It is the time to recommend movies. And start with Detective Pikachu. 
All right, in one day, uh, I'll take a wreck from each of you, and that day I will watch Detective Pikachu. And did you say the Battle of Algiers, right? Battle of Algiers, I, yeah. Uh, so I'll, I'll do a double feature back-to-back. Mm-hmm. Um, one me of and those. my wife just pop some popcorn, and we'll let you know how it goes. Well, one, you guys are going to love one of those way more than the other, for sure. And yeah, that's that's going to be quite the matchup. Um, I wish... Cassie, you saying that they brought Detective Pikachu over? Mm-hmm. What, what do you guys think if that streaming service from now on were like sports teams where they made trades with each other? <laughs> And then they said, yes. uh, HBO Max is like, well, we need Detective Pikachu, and we'll give you this and this. And then we got to like discuss those trades. We discuss it. There's fantasy stream. So we also talk about like the budget breakdowns and who's going up, who's going down and watching. I love this idea. Yeah, this is amazing. I hate sports, but I love brackets and fights. <laughs> and bringing TV, then it's all of our interests. Now we're on board. No, sports are great until it gets to the point, like all of the outside stuff, and then when it gets to the point where you have to watch a bunch of like sweaty dudes throw a ball around, who gives a shit? I've played several years of fantasy baseball, never watched a single game. <laughs> I'm so proud of you. I'm proud of how you do things. That is all the time we have to talk about HBO Max. You guys, coming up next in the main event, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. On the final season premiere of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., Coulson and the gang head back to the 1930s to stop the Chronicombs from doing whatever it is they need to do to stop S.H.I.E.L.D. Eventually, we find out what their plan is, but before we get... Broads, dames, speakeasies full of hooch, coopers singing like canaries, clam bams, gin joints, dog soups, sweet potatoes, doll faces, low-down juicy house peppers, hot squats, chocolate charlies, shake-a-leg slipping fives and taking powders, and a couple of stool pigeon slug burgers. It was aces. Taste buds, I ask you this. What about this episode makes you think that this time jump was or was not the right call for the final season of S.H.I.E.L.D.? Well, before we get to that, Cassie, like... Did you just get out of a time machine from the 1930s? Because that was amazing. Thank you. Yeah, I did a lot of research. Those are all very, those are accurate, like nicknames and everything. Yeah, you could. Terms from the period. You could tell they're historically accurate because a few made me cringe hearing them. (laughs) There's some risque things in there. Uh, Was a low down juicy house peppers? Yeah, that's just not a thing you can say out loud anymore. I know where you're from. Back in your day, it was fine. Everybody was saying it. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Uh, one, costuming and set is always delightful. And having people who are normally in jeans and t-shirts run around now in old school stuff, always going to be fun. It's almost like a doppelganger thing. And I th- this creative team can do no wrong now. Like, it went from a dog crap show, and now anything they throw their carries into, I'm so pumped. Uh, it was delightful. I'm it, Guys, I think this is my favorite show. I fucking loved every second of it. <laughs> yeah, I mean... I- Mike, you and I are going to have to go to the age-old thing with this show of, you know, you have to watch it all, including the dog shit seasons, in order to, like, feel as much, like, family with these characters as you and I do. Um, Cassie, have you ever seen the show before this week? That's what I've I've never seen this. This was my first time to view it, so I feel bad because I didn't put in the work, but it was genuinely, like, it was a good episode. Like, I was incredibly excited. Like how Mike was saying, like, I'm not normally excited for, like, period pieces beyond seeing, like, how the costumes are and if they nail it or not. But I don't know, like, this one was genuinely, like, exciting to watch. And I don't know if it's just because, like, Coulson was so much of a fanboy to be in that uh-huh. time period, if, like, that's what helped it. But it was, like, it was genuinely, like, a delightful episode. And, yeah, I think you guys nailed it, too, with period pieces and costumes. Like, I do not give a shit when you're from the 1700s, the 1800s, and you've got one of those dresses that, like, you can't get through a door mm-hmm. and your hair is not... But, it's so hard to look bad in these mm-hmm. clothes. These are the best, most fucking dope clothes that you could pot in any period you could possibly pick. I think. 
Yeah, even the guy who, like, I don't know if he is an alcoholic or whatever, but they made him, they gave him, like, the newsy look, like, he was half-child in this, and it still even worked for him. They gave him, like, a satchel that was half of his body size. It was delightful. Is that, is that, that Deke? Yeah, talking about Deke. About Deke. <laughs> All right, let's talk about Deke. Deke is half a child. Yeah, and now, so Deke is from an alternate future, and then went through what they're going through last season in our time period. Tracking? following uh Got it. and yes. so that's why they're like well you're the expert on blending in even though he did they pointed out his first day got shit-faced day drunk and arrested in like an hour of being in the past uh and now they're like nope you're the expert please go procure his clothing <laughs> that's how and, it works at your pop filter so i appreciate that in the real <laughs> exactly i want to point out real quick real quick why i relate to deke so much because they were giving him shit about being drunk and he screamed that's not true i got pleasantly drunk it was hilarious how many times after you guys giving me your quote-unquote notes the next day about my drinking problem the day before did i say it was, i got pleasantly drunk and it was hilarious you also often say i got all this for 13 dollars. i love this place but instead of it being like eight outfits it's just a bunch of thing toys and sticky hands from quarter machines <laughs> just the cheap whiskey too it's just all the worst decisions it's nothing about it as pleasantly at all well cassie what did you think about this Coulson compared to the MCU movies you've seen? And then Mike compared to, I don't know, previous episodes, mm-hmm. previous seasons of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Did it seem fun or off? I was personally like, I was super excited. Like, I'm excited for Coulson with powers or essentially this Coulson who is fearless. Like, he just knows he's like a robot and now he'll just go into battle. So we get this like incredibly nerdy side of him. But we also get where he's just like, you know what? I'll go first and like, I'll walk straight up to this gun and punch this dude. That's totally fine. Yet towards the later of seasons of S.H.I.E.L.D., it did feel like they're like, we've done kind of everything we can with Coulson. We don't know what to do anymore. And so they made Coulson die and brought in Sarge so Clark Gregg can stay on the show. Sarge. Uh, so one, it was nice to see Coulson again because I do, I think he's like the uncle I never had. Uh, and him going through his whole monologue of I died and came back different than I died again. and came, Like him remembering the last three years, the robot him of his life and freaking out, but also saying everything that's happened to Coulson, that hit and him interacting with the team and Daisy hit. Uh, and he's funny again. Because Sarge, I don't want Clark Gregg being a bad guy. Yeah, see, that's the thing. I Like you can't, I didn't think you could run out of Coulson stuff to do. Maybe not make him the focus, but like, if you just let Clark Gregg snark Gregg mm-hmm. and, you know, like he has his lines of dialogue, then you're fine. And then just focus on Daisy or Yo-Yo or whatever you need to do. This felt different, though, is like it was a little too much. I was reborn and I'm sort of 50 and 10 mm-hmm. at the same time. And I don't know. Not all the jokes worked for me. The ones that were closer to old school yeah. Coulson definitely did. The like the wide eyed goofy grinned ones. I don't know. I hope that sort of goes away a little Which bit. Which one, like, I, the, the one that worked for me hardcore to the to the point that the cast all reacted, I assume they were supposed to not react at all, but he's like, yeah, when FDR gets here, it's going to be a brand new deal. And everybody just looks at him and he's like, right, right? <laughs> you, you know I didn't have a problem <laughs> yeah, with that one, it's like, right? it's Ryan on this show now. Is it, was it like him asking, do I even breathe? Stuff like that, like? Uh, I, no, it was mostly just reactions of like, just that big, smile that he had that just felt like Colson was still always professional mm-hmm. um but I do think that they have introduced this interesting thing where he just walked into situations because he knows the future and he knows he makes it yeah right? and he's a robot so he's like who cares they'll fix me or I want to be his he said immediately I want to be dead at the end of this adventure so let's just do whatever <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but yeah I think that's freedom I think that's so much more interesting is that uh when you are brought back to life twice 
do you have that much regard for life anymore? Even you know, even though he, like he's he's a robot, but he's not unkillable. Right. You know, like you, you could still destroy him. You could even destroy the brain part of him. Um, but yeah, it's, it reminds me of a very famous Tales from the Crypt episode where a guy gets a cat for a brain. You just his disregard for life is going to be cool because yeah. he can save the day, and then also scary. Like you know, like you can't act like that, right? You know? And well, yeah, it'll be exciting to see if it kind of echoes out and affects the other people. Not like they'll also act like that, but he'll throw all of them in danger because he now is like, yeah, life doesn't really matter. And if it just spreads. Do you think he'll go to th- that extreme, though? Do you think, like, will he'll have to hit that extreme and then they'll take him back a couple steps? Like, you think they'll go that far with him? Yeah, I wonder if he is going to be a character this season who does things like look out the window and reflect, you know? Mm. Like, are there going to be moments that that was not a window <laughs> joke? I just mean, like, th- think about... <laughs> Uh, his past is he going to be that Leonardo DiCaprio lead, or is he just going to be there for fun yeah. and save the reflecting for Daisy Mac and Yo Yo? Yeah, and and I do think they've like tweaked some people. Mac uh, has not been our favorite, but I gotta say, one uh, he is built like a Mac truck, and watching him pick up a guy just to punch him into the ground after that is delightful. But also, Mac starting to wrestle with 1930s racism uh, was yeah. way more interesting than anything they've made Mac do through the years. I mean, you can't send a six foot four, handsome black guy in a suit who is in charge of a team back to the 30s and not expect some sort of pushback right. from the people in the 1930s, right? Like, if they ignore that, that would be bad. So, what we have now is people about to do their casual racism, like everybody did back then, and then Max stepping up and saying, like, say it, yeah. say it. I fucking <laughs> dare you. I know what you're about to say, say it. And then them being like, I'm sorry, I'm not racist at all. I'm so I- sorry, fine, sir. Because there is that scene where he literally, like, it's like back behind the bar or whatever mm-hmm. when they're at that speakeasy, and he literally just stands up, and the guy's like, oh, I, okay. <laughs> yeah. No, sir. But, but like, do, cool, do you think the strategy is going to last all season, or do you think that they're just going to ignore it? Did it work for you at least in this one episode? Yeah, yeah, it, it worked for me in this one episode. I, I think they are also going to be time jumping. So if a sub-threat of the season is Ma- we learn, because I'm sure Mac actually knows more than we do, uh, how racism uh, evolved through the decades, <laughs> and that's just kind of uh, in the fringes of the season. That'd be interesting. And we're recording this on May 30th, 2020. Yeah. So I'm going to say it hasn't no. at all. Like, <laughs> just It stays the 30s forever forever but that was what co- was cool because they also gave like daisy because once they had like there was a women a woman cop she also got a little bit of pushback but they gave her the moment to like literally threaten this dude to like beat him up in front of all these people and i was like yeah exactly that's all i wanted always let a woman th- threaten the guy uh yeah i thought that was perfect because daisy is getting smarter in her seventh season age and she knows to if you just say if you scream at this guy I'm not saying they would be wrong, but if you scream to a guy like this, women are equal, blah, 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 feminism. Um, although you're right, it's going to make things worse and he's going to then go at you. But if you just put his manhood in play, mm-hmm. if you just very gently say, you're about to have your dick kicked off in front of everyone <laughs> that you care about seeing your dick. And let's be clear, it's not, you're not, you don't care about women thinking that you have a big dick. It's just the other men around you. Do you want that to happen? And he's like, I'm, I'm so sorry, ma'am. I'm so sorry. Mountie, <laughs> yeah, they're Mounties at that time. There is so one thing that also doesn't normally work for me is like a whole bunch of time jumping because like all once you bring in like time rules and everything, like I kind of either get lost or it's just so 
played how it always is that I'm now no longer interested. But I did like how they like laid out the rules right at the beginning and they switched it from like butterfly effect to the what like time stream yeah. where if you yeah. just don't like build a dam as long as you're just like sticks that can keep flowing. And they switched it from they switched it from Simmons to Deke. It was not the serious doctor explaining it. It was fucking drunk ass punk rock Deke who was like, "Look, bro, here's how time works." All right. Well, one, you want your viewers to understand what's going on, and two, this is where I don't think Deke should be the expert in traveling around the 1930s because he had never heard of that decade before. But I do think he's the expert on time travel uh, at this point because of the future about, he was from. Think about a decade being so long ago you have not heard yeah. of it. Well, like he comes from a, a place that, like, they were like floating on a moon, like that was shattered in half, right? So, like, he barely, their Earth history was barely there. Well, he comes from a place where Quake lost, right? No, Quake blew up the world. Right? Yeah, I think I don't know. Does Deke's explanation gel with um, what's her name, Tilda Swinton's explanation to Bruce Banner in? Andy? Oh no, this is definitely completely different. That hers is the butterfly effect, where if you change one thing, everything will change. Everything will change. And Deke is like, let's have more fun this season. <laughs> okay, I appreciate that from an audience standpoint. Uh, that would be great if they weren't tiptoeing around for fifteen episodes, not trying not to like step on a butterfly. But I thought that. Tilda Swinton's what's her name in the Doctor ancient Strange? one the ancient one um she was like if you change something it becomes a new timeline time yeah. stream and every time every every change is a new timeline is Deke sort of saying that or just totally not he's saying totally it? not saying that he's saying if we only make little moves then the big stuff will still happen time finds a way yeah uh, it'll always I, end at the same point as long as you don't block the stream it always goes back to where it was still going but I feel like killing and yeah. So we find out that the Chronicoms are there to kill the father of the creator of Hydra. Yeah. And if there's no Hydra, there's no Shield. I feel like that's a little move. I feel like in the, like in the grand scheme of things, killing some kid who works in a bar would be considered a little move. And but it, but it has major effects, which is closer to the butterfly effect. Yeah, because that's a dam. So like, I don't think killing is little moves. I think yeah. running. That's, that's where me and you differ. <laughs> <laughs> I think running into a guy in the street is little moves. Yeah. Stealing a couple of things, little moves, but you know, murder, big move. I did like that they told Deke he couldn't make any patents. <laughs> like that, he, that was his first. Like, he's like, oh, I'm just gonna invent all this stuff right now, which is always my thought. If there was time travel, I wouldn't go see my parents try to fuck because I don't care. I would just start being like, it's called a PC. <laughs> oh, and. We didn't even explain the most important part to Cassie of the entire series. Um, Deke loves lemons. When they, when they walk in and they find out that uh, that they're, even though there's prohibition and alcohol is legal, at this one place, they're serving alcohol, and Deke comes in and says, oh, cool, I'll have two Zimas. <laughs> Look, Deke loves Zimas, okay? He went back to the 90s, and he found Zimas, and that's why he loves them so much. And we should all love Zimas yeah. more. I-, I wish we could get it. The only place you can find it is on eBay. I'm so glad you guys enlightened me to this big part. Thank you. Thank you for doing the real well, work out here. We can't create a dam of telling you all of the important stuff. We can just tell you the little stuff. So true. You're learning so much, Ryan. Look at him grow. Uh, did this did this um, premiere leave you guys like excited for this season? Oh, so pumped. It's, it's a, a yeah. merry band of adventurers who I love and miss, and they're going to bop around to different, not just different parts of history, which is always fun, but eventually we're going to start messing with Marvel movie history and we're gonna see characters we know's grandparents which is i'm that kind of dummy that is just like it's not the actor but oh man they're related to a person i know and love so this show can't afford to get mcu characters 
But then get all the grandparents of MCU yeah. characters that <laughs> money can buy. Uh, I'm sort of bummed to find out that they're going to hop around. I, I really feel like an entire mm-hmm. season here would be awesome. Um, but I sort of I love the reveal. I love the whole like that they're playing with the whole Batman. You know, Joker made it so that we need a Batman, but also Batman created the Joker kind of thing, where mm-hmm. they have to now and go make sure Hydra happens and yeah. does all of that damage. So Shield will start, so they'll still all be alive, and Shield will do all of the good. Um, I think that is super interesting. It's such a better twist than do we kill baby Hitler, but instead right. do we stop the person the who was SS. about to kill baby <laughs> Hitler so that he lives? And and it's I mean we that is basically at the end of the episode two the characters figure that out so not the whole team. I'm guessing uh, that some people on this team are going to say no, no way in hell, and that this could fracture our people. Yeah, I would totally buy that if Daisy Johnson. AKA Quick was on the team, but she's oh my god, she's still on the team, Mike. <laughs> or Yo Yo, who was just like an elementary school teacher who happened to find powers and never went through training, so it's constantly like, fuck your military ranking, fuck your hierarchy. And they're like, what still? And she's like, Yes, I never went through the training. I didn't want any of this. <laughs> so yeah, I, I'm excited for it too. I'm excited that I jumped out on this last one because it's gonna look it's looking really good. I'm excited. Uh you should be watching it. It's Sundays on ABC. That is all the time we have to talk about it. Coming up next, we're going to go into the pull list and talk about all the other shows we watched this week. Our first show starting off the pull list is Legends of Tomorrow. On this week's episode of DC's Legends of Tomorrow. To save her friends, Charlie traps legends in various TV shows to entertain the masses under the Fates New World Order. Zari, Behrad, and Nate on a Friends-type sitcom, Sarah and Ava on a Star Trek-like show, and John and Astro on an upstairs-downstairs drama. Taste buds, I ask you this. Why is Legends going so ham on our TV-watching habits? And is it exploring its own culpability and letting the masses waste away? Wow. Okay, so the first one, um, is it pointing the finger at us? Is that what you're saying? Is it pointing a finger at us, at the creators? Is it uh, Wally? Is it trying to Wally us? Are we being Wallied? <laughs> <laughs> I do love a good Wallying. Um, yeah, I would say that this rides that perfect line that we always talk about with Legends of saying, whispering something, something, but not saying something. And then also um, these grand ideas that we've seen before. You know, like mm-hmm. none of these parodies are like, holy shit, you have rewritten right. how I think about these specific shows and TV in general. Oh, um, but I do think that they always love a... They just they clearly have a whiteboard in the writer's room of things <laughs> legends haven't done. <laughs> and they were able to knock out Friends, Downton Abbey, and Star Trek in one episode. And yeah, if that's it felt, all it is, I'm fine with it. What, there's that uh, movie I used to love that I think I'll never watch again because Jeffrey Jones Stay is tuned? the star of it. Yes. And so it's just like a fun TV version of that where nobody's a pedophile that we know so far. Uh, it's always going to be a delight. Do you think it truly is a whiteboard? Like, what? Why do you think Friends, Star Trek, Downton Abbey? Well, I think that they're three very different shows. You know, if you did mm-hmm. Friends, King of Queens, and Everybody Loves Raymond, it would probably pack less of a punch. Well, uh, yeah, I mean, that would be crazy because one is a sitcom about working friends and two are family-based shows, so that's crazy. Also, you need, <laughs> you need to... Um, you need to deliver your punches quickly, which means that it's got to be the broadest trope possible. You know, yeah. even though there's been a, a billion Star Trek, you know, parodies, um, sometimes you just choose it on purpose 
because mm-hmm. you only have a third of the show and you want to get your plot out and your jokes out as quickly as possible. And they definitely they pick three broad ass entries into TV, you know, tropiness. Yeah. And you want to see Sarah do her Kirk. Like they chose that Star Trek specifically. And oh, it was one of the best Kirks I've seen. I gotta tell you, Mike, I, I truly believe that Katie Lotz is capable of anything. But that is one of the worst Shatners I've ever seen in my like <laughs> You don't think that's on purpose? You don't think she really tried? Or didn't I, really try. I could see her really trying and then them saying, you know what? Go go the other way. Go to the furthest <laughs> yeah. other extreme. Because it was like she Googled bad Shatner impressions <laughs> and then did a bad version of those. <laughs> did they have the dramatic, like, all, the, was it like early Star Trek where they're like throwing themselves when like oh the my ship God. crashes? Because yes. that's what I needed. One Very of the best much. parts of the show is the ship gets hit by missiles or torpedoes or whatever the fuck you shoot at each other Photons. in space. Yeah. Photon bombs. And there's three different camera angles of people clearly standing there <laughs> and then throwing themselves yes. as the camera moves around a little bit. That's amazing. Yes. And so not just the parodies, but did, did the overall arc work here that Charlie is kind of an, has become a villain with good intent and that it's Gary and Mona in the New World Order gray, like, 1984 mush-eating world who figure it out. I still like less Gary and Mona, but uh, having them together almost sort of balanced them out. Like, they're the two worst parts of the show, but them them having a goal Mm -hmm. and trying to work for something as opposed to just standing in the background screaming annoying lines definitely helps. And most of the lines were reactions to the show, so that's fine. To, like, they became us, and they're just reacting to the antics of the legends. And then in typical Legends fashion, in the meantime, we have all the jokes. Oh, and then the fourth one was Mr. Rogers. Um, yeah, that we, from callback from early in the season. Yeah, uh, which I thought we were going to get Brandon Routh back for sure, but it's the actual Mr. Parker in his cul-de-sac, um, who has an amazing song called... It's about how like feelings are stupid and you should bury it, them as deep as possible. Ignore, ignore those pesky feelings. No, ignore, ignore those pesky feelings are at shore. Is that on Spotify yet? I need this. <laughs> oh, yeah. And there's already remixes. There's a dance club version. Yeah, yeah, Jason Derulo's version is amazing. Ooh, is it big? <laughs> uh, but no, we still, like, the re- part, like I was saying, you pick these well trod tropes and parodies mm-hmm. so you can still have all of our classic Legends of Tomorrow moments. And everything from Mick saying, real quick, uh, my daughter's not here, so we're going back to the real world, all the way to um, Sarah delivering this thing about how. You know, the perfect world can never compare to the real world mm. to Ava. Like, talks are about going back. This is, th- these are the actual reasons we tune in, not just yeah. the jokes, but, you know, all these moments. Uh, and then we haven't even mentioned Zari dealing with Zari, dealing with Zari, dealing with everyone dealing with Zari. Yeah, we get uh, the Zari we came to know and love a couple years love, ago. Oh, by the way. <laughs> pump those bricks. Uh, possesses new Zari and figures it out that she's in a TV show. And, like, she has that Wolverine Days of Future Past role to go around and remind everybody this is not the world we should be living in. Uh, Which is the same it, role that she had in the best Legends ever, the Groundhog Day episode. Yes. Uh, and then, yeah, by the end, they split it. Uh, Charlie's like, I'm going to do anything to make you guys happy. Just give you what you want. And so we get Nate gets his Zari back and Bayrod gets his Zari back. And I'm might be totally on board for this actress playing both of these roles and everybody's happy. Yeah, Even I, though that's what this whole episode has taught us to not want. <laughs> we don't want the perfect unless it's like our specific perfect. And then we totally want then that perfect. Want that. Yeah, for sure. Well, it, and then I guess and we get Bayrod too. So everyone's yeah. Back. 
uh, hot bad, hot girl. Let's get them all in here. All of the back. Uh, but yeah, I, I, Bayrout's grown on me, and I do think Nate needs somebody to be friends with. Nate would be really sad, and the next actress he would team up with would change her entire character without leaving the show, and I don't need that to happen to this guy again. But isn't there a part of you that, like, Zari 2.0 is Bayrod's sister, right? Yeah. So isn't there a part of you that wants Bayrod and Zari 1.0 to hook up? They're st- well, I guess because her Bayrod died as a kid, uh-huh. so she never got to see him grow up. So, I mean, it's not far off from some search histories. <laughs> I can't let you guys go down this path. What are your moments of the week, Mike? <laughs> uh, it is. Like, normally a Legends moment of the week is is, is a, a big joke. And it was Sarah's monologue at Ava. Because Ava's like, I watched you die. What if we just do live out as Spock and Kirk here? And Sarah's line of, like, life is beautiful and terrible. But if you're only living part of it, you're not really living. Like, no, I'd rather go in a world where we can die. And it hit way harder. Maybe it's because the world is extra on fire this week. I was just like, yeah. <laughs> I'm oh, no, yeah. just saying that. So watching it, I can only imagine. For sure, yeah. We're at the point in time right now where, like, if if you say anything that seems even remotely, like, uh, I don't, with any feelings, I will start, I will take a knee and start bawling all over the place. <laughs> Ryan, was that the your moment of the week when you cried? Uh, no, of course not. I've got four or five. Um, I'm going to narrow it down to two. I'll do the opposite of Mike. I'll fill in for his awesome jokes. When there was two Zaris, uh, Bayrod and his Zari were talking, and then everyone noticed there was two Zaris. And then a minute later, the second Zari, it was the perfect amount of time for the second Zari to come by after everyone's noticed. And then Bayrod's like, whoa, two Zaris. Like <laughs> everyone else had noticed except for this fucking pothead. And then. Uh, we might just have to have a Nate moment of the week because he's not really yeah. he's not really a three dimensional character. They yeah. don't care about that anymore. He just he always has a line and right before they're about to rebel and go against yes. Mush and everybody's like, <laughs> Fuck Mush, yeah, Mush sucks and Nate stands to the camera and's like, I kinda love Mush, but that's fine, I agree with everyone else. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Well, you guys, Legends is truly a magical show. It's on Wednesdays on the CW. You should be watching it. Our next show of the week is Vagrant Queen. The big story from the part one finale of Vagrant Queen is that Alita and Amay kiss, y'all. We also find out about Lazaro's past and see why he's fucked up. And guess what, my friends? It's mommy issues. But not the mommy issues you expect. The mommy issues where the Republic manipulates you as a child and forces you to kill your mom, making you a fucked up monster, which is very sad. So let's focus on Amay and Alita kissing. Taste Buds, can you believe we got the f- kiss in the first season? The first season, the penultimate episode, right? We got one more left. Uh-huh. This was the first uh, part and they gave it the kiss to us in the first part that seems sort of perfect thank you for like letting us making us wait but then not dragging it out until we don't care mm-hmm. this seems like right. exactly where it should have been yeah the only i was ex- like i guess if you would if it wasn't a two-part one i'm just surprised they didn't leave it to that second one but now we get a whole episode everyone's gonna come back to see them as like this like almost couple like you're not a couple but you're just like testing it out at that point which is going to be adorable between those two so yeah, awkward like i mean we used to talk easily but now i don't know what to do is this a fake laugh what do i do with my hands i can't wait to do it yeah. and then that. in the meantime all of the vagrant queen plot lines that they'll have to handle in between all of those like moments you know yeah the whole uprising all of that's going on but all we care about that little investment and i'm excited for it you guys should i'm, I'm a tune in next week thursdays on sci-fi our next show of the week is snowpiercer on this week's episode of Snowpiercer, Leighton really gets us to ask how he does it all as he's trying to solve a murder, hook up with exes, and research future mutinies, a.k.a. Futinies? Future. I was working at Futurenies. 
but future knee sounds like knees with lasers. Yeah. Yeah. Ooh, I'm into it. <laughs> you got meanwhile, meanwhile, Melanie tells the train engineers to roll right through an avalanche, helping to cause that avalanche to go right through the cow car, killing them all. Taste buds, I ask you this: What's a worse car the avalanche could have gone through? Uh, the cow poop the... car. No, you don't want cow poop. I guess they do explain they do need cow poop to farm. They do, yeah. Cow car was so hard. The uh, make everything okay button car. Uh-huh. Like this is just a button that'll fix everything all the time. You don't want that one. We haven't seen it yet, but the trampoline room I do think is yeah. vital oh. to keeping the you know like everyone happy, and that would have been a bummer. Uh, the steampunk cabaret car that's really there to teach people it's okay to cry. <laughs> all right, that's probably a good car you want. Let's get to that, Mike. First. Um, we ha- we get to see all of these weird ass cars every single episode so far, and one of them there's a full on like borderline speakeasy where yeah a very talented singer is singing. And are you keeping track of if this is uh, first tier, second tier, third tier, or first class, second class, third class? Taylor, yeah, like who goes to this bar car? Oh, I bet that this is mostly third class, it's third and second class. Uh, first class, I bet would like slum it in there but i don't think it's for them i think they seem to be like i don't need to go to be entertained or to cry because that's what we find out is to see you go there to drink and watch some late night like 1940s style entertainment but you really go there everybody thinks it's sex but you just weep in the back with a grief counselor which i'm all about that combo would you pretend that you were time traveling just by running from train car to train car going through different bars of the eras oh for sure i I'm I'm a little nervous. I didn't love this episode. I'm a little nervous that the reason to tune in very soon is going to be to see which new cars we get. Yep, that's and, what I love the most so far. <laughs> and this one was awesome. Uh, I also it's a weird thing where like with a thousand and one cars, you can have whatever type of car you want if you're writing this episode. Uh, you just have to film it in like where the iPhone is vertical instead of horizontal. Right. Like, it still has to be in the shape of a train car, but it could. But you could have anything. Like you could have a Jurassic Park. Ca- Jurassic Park the ride car. I'm not even going to say Jurassic Park. <laughs> you could have Universal Studios Jurassic Park the ride as long as it's in the shape of a train car. Do you think, is there any nuance the more we get to learn about the first class people? Or is it all top tier, like not top tier, top level, like first thought digs at the 1%? Because like they never leave their fancy dining car. They're always just shitty to everybody. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if they were robots because they, they yeah, they are always uh, eating tiny sandwiches. <laughs> <laughs> but not like for every meal. All day, every day, they All sit day, in that car. And then they bitch at Melanie. And I almost wonder if they're not the bad guy, but they're there to sort of three-dimensionalize Melanie. You know, like... Oh, yeah. The only thing that they serve is to show how Melanie is dealing with all of these people, which, I don't know, like, her decision to not slow down. Mm-hmm. And what she does is she says, go faster, roll through the avalanche, and then they lose. And I, I believe cows are extinct now, yes? like Yes. <laughs> there's no part of the planet that... No. Okay, so n- cows are now extinct on her watch. And it seemed just like a bitch move. Like, oh, just go faster because I'm a bitch. But I don't know. Thinking about it, like, she's trying to make the most, the least amount of people pissed possible? Yeah. Yeah, so she she's torn between, like, it seems like only she talks to the unseen mr wilfred and so she's torn between his i'm sure crazy rich dude desires uh, are we not revealing that what that she is mr wilfred oh did, did they make that clear yes oh i the, missed that, that the, yeah the end of the first episode um what? 
she says, I'm going to go talk to Mr. Wilfred. And then she goes to the cabin and then sits down and it is her and she is I. Oh, yeah. I missed that part. <laughs> okay. So, yeah, that makes sense, too. So there, there's a false real leader everybody can believe in. Right. Uh, that's genius. Uh, but, yeah, I, th- I think Connelly's doing great. And it's this if they slow down, the whole train might stop. And so everything would go. So it is, it's like that calculated risk. You got to take out a cow car sometimes. Or if they slow down, then they have to do rolling blackouts. And it's right. Like, it's not just that you can't put all the blackouts in the tailies, which that's what you would want to do because fuck them, they're less than people. But you might take the, the light out of the cow car or a gardening car and then we're out of strawberries for a week. Or it might right. be the, the, the first class. And then you're dealing with something worse than I think. If you those if, people, yeah. If you black out the first class, I think it's worse than losing all the cows. The amount of bitching yeah. that they're gonna do. Oh, Oh, one hundred percent. I do. Not only does the first class uh, exist to show humanity in Connolly, but the blonde, where Connolly does seem like, and obviously it, it's interesting power structures, but she doesn't revel in hurting people lower than her. She's just like she is the 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 good soldier of well, it was an order. Uh, but the blonde, you see, when she goes to the back, she loves that she has more power than the tail. Yeah, and she gets to put on that fur coat and fucking oh. Cruella Deville all over the place. Oh. She almost froze a six year old's arm off. That was bananas. <laughs> just was for like, no yes, reason. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> Let's do it. All for that, Mike. What is your moment of the week? Uh, it, it has to be if it's not like the weird Burning Man cabaret car. Uh, we talked about earlier the they talk they're talking about cannibal, cannibalism because Diggs is trying to be a good detective and figure out he's like oh people eating people what do you think's in those noodles right now uh, and like oh we heard that about Taylor's and he's like every rumor you've ever heard about us is true and tells us this long drawn out story of how they killed somebody and everybody had to eat a piece of his heart so no one could say they're innocent and. I don't think that happened with his character. I think he's just like, I'm going to play up every stereotype you think about the back of the car and make you a little scared of me. Uh, yeah, I think David Diggs' performance is on and off, mostly on. Mm-hmm. Uh, but him starting that line of, I'm going to tell this story serious, but also <laughs> make fun of them at the same time for believing this, was pitch perfect. It was almost like he was eating grilled cheese. <laughs> <laughs> Ryan, what is your moment of the week? Uh I'm going to go with a stupid one, I think, if I may. Uh, Are you? I'll allow it. Okay. I can just go with something that I just think is dumb. Yeah, go for it. It's, uh, I don't want any more of this love story. Like, we have too much going on, and Defeat Diggs has way too much going on. And my moment of the week is me having the feeling that this is going to be the last of that, and we can hone in on the stuff that we care about, which is a little bit the murder. Maybe, Mm -hmm. and a little bit more than that, Melanie, and then a lot more than that, just like how the car works. Like I almost think that like if this was a Robert Altman, like roaming camera, yes, just a world building, yeah, just a plotless show where we just went from car to car, or like a Richard Linklater like early Mm -hmm. movie like Slacker, that would be better than there's a murder in town. Yeah, because it's all those little things that are most interesting. I'm super stoked about the blonde cop who is now grown to respect Diggs, like, watching people be like, oh, the Taylors are a human. Like, it's it's lame, but also, like, I'm I'm into this partnership. All right, Cassie, I have a new moment of the week. Okay. It's, I... it's, the, it's the worst moment of the week. It's when somebody walks by and nails uh, David Diggs because he's a Taylor, like some other cop, and then the blonde cop almost murders him <laughs> because over the course of 45 minutes in her life, she has decided that Taylors are worth it. This show is... Mostly bad. <laughs> but it's fun bad. But it's a cool idea. The train is cool. And they froze off a kid's arm. So, you know, you, if you want to give it a shot, can't beat that. It's on Sundays on TNT. 
Our final show of the week is Stargirl. On this week's Stargirl, it's Step-Papa's, Step-Papa Pat's time to shine as he works to get buff so he can protect his family from Brainwave, who has threatened to kill Courtney's mom if he doesn't get the Cosmic Staff. Unfortunately, two days in the gym doesn't make him a superhero, but that's okay because Courtney's a natural at it and comes in last minute to save Mech Pat, fry Brainwave's brain, and give Pat a new sidekick name. Taste Buds, I ask you this. Did you ever think when you started this show you'd be talking about Luke Wilson in a mech suit? Oh my god. Just... Did I ever think that like after 2002 I'd ever be talking about Luke Wilson again? Period. <laughs> this is the real gift because we didn't we didn't get to dig into Mexu Luke Wilson, and now I really want to give the platform for this because we got to see him actually fighting it in this time. Like we got just a taster in this one, but now we got like cut two scenes him in there like getting thrown around and being like extra sweaty. Like he did one punch and he's like incredibly sweaty, and he has like these. The, had to put a microphone into it to talk, and he gives the cheesiest lines. I love everything about it. It, it really is making the case for why sidekicks uh, are like Darwinian led into being sidekicks. They're just not good at anything. <laughs> not quips, not fighting. We got a robot training field montage. <laughs> a whole it was great. Scene. We and he was like, there was no redemption. Like a lot of the training scenes, you get to see him succeed in it. He never succeeded in this mech suit. Like I think it ended <laughs> with this fist coming at him. <laughs> Do you know what it felt like? It, it was a lot like Doom Patrol, which was never a straight up superhero satire. You know, like it wasn't a mm-hmm. very obvious parody, but it always like twisted all of uh, the superhero tropes a little bit that we're used to. And in the first episode of Star Girl, we got a classic like she's on the roof. And her cane right. is there, and she's like, oh, did you want to train? Is it origin time? Let's do it. And then in this one, we get it again, but it's you know, it's definitely not like, oh, Stripe's going to kick ass. And it's not played for laughs. It's just like, no, sometimes shit doesn't work out. And you, know, like, you think that you have this ultimate weapon, and it either doesn't work or you don't know how to use it in both. And it wasn't funny. It was just, uh, it was like a satire in that way of like, oh, sometimes shit is sad. Sometimes shit is pathetic <laughs> yeah. to watch. Especially if you're a stepdad. <laughs> stepdad. It was the stepdaddiest superhero <laughs> training school of all time. They, not only that, they, they, there's a weird, like, I, I love the, the show's decision to say fuck Pat every can't. But when he's going to the gym, Crusher, uh, Crusher. who researchers let me know is part of the Injustice Society. There's just so many of them. We don't know. But if there's an adult here getting any screen time, they're probably bad. Uh but the most villainous thing he could do is he just starts ripping food out of Pant's hand every time he sees him. I would kick this guy right in the nads. Which I am on record saying is the funniest thing you could do to anybody. If <laughs> yeah, you, you love it. <laughs> if you're ever around anybody eating something, especially if they're standing up with a plate in their hand, you fucking smack that out of their hand and you will be carried out of the room as if it's your bar mitzvah being cheered for the rest of your life. But I'm with you. He definitely has to be the bad guy because... He's adamant that you got to call him Crusher. He's way over the top when he runs this gym. And also, he's not that buff. He doesn't earn this name. Like, they found a tiny no. little guy, and they're like, he's like, oh, I'm Crusher. I'm like, you're you're cute. You're adorable. But, like, what but that's... Mike? That's his attitude. He's a tiny dude who got buff. Mm-hmm. So, he still has small man syndrome. What a classic 80s trope, though. Uh, especially if we're in a show that, again, is, is actually from Courtney's perspective. I don't know if we're ever going to talk about her on any podcast because Luke Wilson is in the show, but <laughs> it's from Courtney's perspective and where when adults act weird and they all act weird, it's probably because they're evil, you know? Yeah. And I missed that shit. Mm-hmm. And she's right. You know, like <laughs> there's, there's a weird part of this where 
the rebuilding of the Injustice League, not just how Courtney sees humans and uh, Pat sees humans, but also, you know, the last two minutes of the show, the rebuilding of the Injustice League is a major plotline and possibly the most interesting plotline of this show. You know, Mm -hmm. it's a, it's a, they're doing the whole, like, let's get the team back together, but of villains slowly throughout a season. And that's, I've never seen that before. That's interesting. And it's also villains who some of them are happy to be retired. The magician, obviously, is so happy to just be a council member and have a kid. And Brainwave uh, is just gross and misogynistic as a human doctor and also wants to hurt everybody around him as a villain. Like, and Clearly, one of those people, and I think we all know these people, even though we live in real life, who had a kid because they thought they should and fucking hate uh-huh. that kid with a passion. It's like, <laughs> fucking, well, look at this ginger idiot. Your name is Brainwave, so you only care about brains, and he wears a G.D. Letterman's jacket. This kid sucks. He's like super his name determined is... to have him like have brain powers, too. He just sits him down in his office, and he's like, read my mind. And he's like, you fucking piece of shit, but, get out of my face. Do you think the kid knows his dad has powers, or his dad is insane? And that's why he just has emotional torture of read my mind. Yeah. But it was still that perfect thing that we've seen a billion times on TV of, I'm a bricklayer. And my son will be after me. And so, you know, you just want your kid to, no, you will not go to medical school. You're going to be a bricklayer. It's the same thing. But what if your dad was a villain? Like, come on, you have to follow my footsteps of being a mentally powered sociopath supervillain. <laughs> it's such a letdown when the kids don't follow that path. And but- he's like, Dad, I'm just a jo- high school jock. I'm just the sociopath supervillain part. I don't have the mental power. <laughs> and his dad's like, not good enough. <laughs> more of you but we should i do want to talk about courtney because in this episode we got her official stargirl outfit that she made mm-hmm. herself in class and i just want to talk she about she broke 18 sewing all machines, the sewing to get machines there. that the school has she broke them all and it was worth it because super shorts with high tops is an absolute look and i love it it's like peak high school i'm so glad that they're like keeping her like as like a high school student who's just like she's a gymnastic athletic kid who's just excited to be in this role and like everything down to it is that Plus, I want to point out that there's a difference between timeless, which can fit in any era, and then an outfit like hers, which you're, you can go up and down and be like, that's 80s, that's 90s, that's 2000s. <laughs> like, she, she just jammed all of these different decades into it, which is different than timeless. Yeah. Which is the kids these days. Yeah, fucking kids <laughs> what, these days. What continue the Courtney is an asshole, and that's why she's a cool protagonist, is uh, she wants to become Stargirl. Because it's both doing the right thing, but mostly it is rebelling. Mm-hmm. Her father figure is saying, do not do this. And so she is... Doing both of those at once is fascinating. Yeah. So, like, it's the right thing, but also it's the thing you definitely don't want me to doing. <laughs> and and also being able to, uh, like, finger, mm, being able to uh, point out the bad guy is different mm-hmm. than being the good guy, you know? Like, right. a lot of us can say, oh, that person's a bad person, and then I'm going to go over here and be neutral or equally bad in a different way. And right. so uh, she she definitely knows who the bad people are, but it's going to take her a minute to like then also be good at the same time. Yeah, she's got this like where she's just so overly excited to like jump into danger, where she just goes full force right in without thinking, and it's like I'm sure that will go bad soon. But you know, I'm excited to watch it. And we talked about a thing last week where you know it's not a earn your position thing; it's a bloodline thing. Congratulations, uh-huh. you were born blonde and white and. Also, your dad had power, so now you just get this. Um, but I think what we're going to watch is her. She gets it right; like she just she gets the cane, she gets that spot. But then also now we get to watch her being like, "That's not enough," you know. I think right. that over the course of the next eight episodes or whatever it is of the season, she's going to say, "I do have to be a better person as well. I should donate to charity. I should put." <laughs> 
uh, you know, recyclable trash that's in the regular trash can into the recyclable can, stuff mm. like that. Yeah. I should not make fun of Pat when he might be dead and I'm making my cool superhero entrance. I don't need to also <laughs> dig at him while I'm doing so. I don't need to constantly dunk on Pat. Uh, As a person with seven different stepdads, no. I say you still do that. <laughs> Never change on that. Uh, Mike, what is your moment of the week? I have three. Uh, Amy Smart is also on the show and is getting her own plot lines, which I think is awesome because anytime there's a kid's show, I want to find out about those parents. Uh, but she... Did the douchiest thing, and there's literal villains on the show. Pat says, "I have." Uh, Pat's just like, "Can we go? I, I need to go." From the father, uh, from the the parental meeting, and she just says, "No." She doesn't say why. She doesn't ask about it. So he has to lie and say he has food poisoning. <laughs> Not cool, but I delighted. Also, uh, and sh- nobody in any of our shows does. Courtney just tells Pat about Brainwave. Mm-hmm. Everything he's there. This is what's happening. I'm not trying to hide it from you. Thank you. Uh, and then Courtney making up the acronym for what Stripe can stand for. Yeah. Uh, it's Subatomic Tactical Robot Internet Pat Enhancer. It's just like, it, this is all dumb, and this is what a kid would do, and it was great. And in the comic books, and I think it was initially written by Jeff Johns back when Courtney was the Star Spangled Kids sidekick, as opposed to right. the Starman sidekick, there was a comic book called Stars and Stripe, and it was an acronym. I don't know if it st- stood for Pat's Enhancement, but that is very nice. A Pat Enhancer. Like, how much Pat is too much Pat is what I'm worried about. I'm excited to see that art come through and when we get too much Pat. Ryan, what is your moment of the week? I've got two. One, I want to go back to the one time that Mike thought that I was smart, and there's an actress in this show that uh, her name was my exact reaction, and I really appreciate it. Like Mike was like, hey, I, I do think you're intelligent. I was like, hey, Me? Smart, <laughs> and I love her for that. The second one was the training montage that we got with Pat as Stripe. It's still and like he never figured it out. And then when we get to the big battle, it continues to be the case. Like it didn't. Like he didn't magically learn how to do stuff. Mm-mm. He got the shit kicked out of him immediately, <laughs> and then basically bought Courtney five seconds of time, <laughs> and that is all Stripe did. So I do think we're seeing this thing where, like, even though Pat is now in a robot. He is a great mentor. I think he's a smart guy. I think he's a good like father figure. He sucks against supervillains. He just sucks, yes. you know? And we ha- we have to admit that some of us just can't defeat supervillains. No matter what what things you have at your disposal, sometimes you just can't do it and Pat just can't. Uh my moment of the week is we kind of dug into it. It's when uh Crusher is taking away the food from him, but there is at the open house night or whatever. There is this giant mountain of cookies, the biggest mountain of cookies I've ever seen. And Pat grabs like three off of it. And the Crusher just comes and like immediately throws them out of his hand. And it was like you saw real life sadness in Luke Olson's like, face. <laughs> and that was my moment of the week just to watch this real sadness of like there's a mountain of cookies and I can't have a single one. But uh, perfect. it's really great. Uh, that is it. That's all the time we have. Stargirl is on Mondays. On the DCU, Tuesdays on the CW if you want to watch it. And that is all for our show. We made it through the pool list. Mike, can you tell us about some websites? Yeah, if you want to go where everybody knows your name and get everything we make, go to yourpopfilter.com. It all lives there. Also, if you want to support us, you could go to patreon.com slash yourpopfilter. Uh, throw us a little chunk of change and we'll give you some extra tent. And also, you can go to rate this podcast.com slash superhero that is a website and you can rate this podcast.com slash superhero you can rate this show ryan what are the other shows they can rate you could also rate uh the ocd 
which just ran up its first season, its first 100-episode season. Uh, and we're waiting for that second one. But all 100 episodes, based on the first two seasons of The O.C., are there. That stars me and Mike. And let's be honest, uh, mostly Cassie and Caitlin guiding us through the first two seasons of The O.C. And then, of course, Movie of the Year, where me, Mike, and someone, who cares, uh, sits down and tries to figure out the single greatest movie of any given year. And Mike, what is? How can people get in contact with us? What's our socials? Uh, hit us up on the Twitter, on Instagram. Mine is five six five. Yes, I'm listening. Filter nine four. Uh huh. Seven Bring two on. three. Oh, dude, five. you actually said it in the bit. You're crazy. You're a- absolute. Mad I have lad. dedication to bits. Absolute mad lad. Uh, we also got an email, right? We're still checking that email. Yeah, Mike, can you tell us about that email? Contact at yourpotfilter.com. God. You write it, we read them. That's right. It's such a good email. Easy to remember right there. Uh, you guys, next week we got another big show. There's some really exciting things happen. We get the Legends of Tomorrow finale. It's going to be a lot. We also get a Vagrant Queen finale and Stargirl's Mother Makes Strides at Work. So a lot Ooh. of big things to look forward to. Be sure to Amy tune in. Smart? Amy Smart. Okay, wait, hold on. I feel kind of bad, Cassie, because I told that story about Mike where he told me he said that I was intelligent. Uh-huh. So uh, I, I have a story for you. Okay. It was about you. Um, there was that time where you were dressed as the villain from The Lion King. Uh-huh. And you didn't want our friend Joseph to karaoke mbop. Mm-hmm. And do you remember what I said to you? Nope. Scar, <laughs> let Joe Hansen I'm so mad that we let. This. You, I, I can think of. I can think of another one. Uh, I don't think I want to. Yeah, one more, one more, one more. <laughs> people more. are demanding it. You got another one in you? Yeah. Okay. Uh, so there was that one time where uh, you had to pee from the side of your body, uh-huh. but we were so worried about um, it getting, uh, you know, burnt by the sun, and so <laughs> this one is a lot. <laughs> So uh, I I was like, catheter in hip burn. <laughs> that is exactly what the people wanted. What? <laughs> <laughs> All right, let me do one more. <laughs> Simply cannot. I can't let you go any further. That is it. You Probably guys. shouldn't have let me do the last one, huh, Cassie? <laughs> the people demanded it, though. I got to listen to the people, aka Mike. And speaking up for Mike, I'm Ryan. For Ryan, I'm Mike. For me, I'm me. Bye, everyone. Not for all of us, we're Cat Thurter and Hep Turn.